Chris Lombardo here from the Really Awful Movies Podcast. It's that time of year. Jack Frost is nipping at your nose. Chestnuts are roasting on an open fire. Although who other than Italians actually roast chestnuts? Anyway, it's gift giving season. Give the gift that'll bring Christmas and Hanukkah cheer to the horror fan in your house. A copy of our acclaimed book, Death by Umbrella, The Hundred Weirdest Horror Movie Weapons. In doing so, you'll be helping out the show and helping us produce more fun genre film podcasts going forward. Thanks a bunch, and on with the show. So jump in bed and cover your head, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Top of the news this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind the Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. You know what you're thinking. Mine's bigger than yours, right? It's not fair. Throw it away. All right? They're coming! The rats are coming! Thousands of them! Tons of popcorn there. Yeah. And all you gotta do is go climb a tree to go eat it. <laughs> it was a night like any other night. Then something happened. Oh, good lord. It's. It's unbelievable. It's. It's horrible. Welcome to the Really Awful Movies Podcast, a celebration of low-budget cinema. The sleep of reason gives birth to monsters. Hi, my name's Chris, and along with Jeff, we're bringing you the very best and worst of horror, sci-fi, post-apocalyptic wasteland, kung fu, and women in prison movies from the 1960s to today. Check us out at reallyawfulmovies.com, part of the Crypt TV family. Welcome, welcome to, 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 to Crap of the Week. Sweet, merciful crap! That was the biggest load of crap I've ever heard! Ah, crap! From our downtown Toronto headquarters, here's episode 156, Crap of the Week. Our failed attempt at podcasting... From our downtown Toronto headquarters, here's episode 156. Our failed attempt to podcast Snow Beast. I'm going to start off with a little joke here. Guy goes into lawyer's office looking for a divorce. Lawyer asks him quizzically, Would you mind me asking how old you are? The guy says 87. Lawyer says, And your wife, how old is she? He says 85. Uh, How long were you guys married? The guy says 65 years. The lawyer says, So why are you doing this now? And the guy says, I couldn't take it anymore. So that's my terrible joke. We had 25 takes <laughs> of... <laughs> that's of, the punchline. That is the punchline. It's okay. a bad joke. I told you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I just couldn't take it I anymore. Was, I, exactly. We was, tried all our might to podcast Snow Beast, and we had 20 takes. We could not do it. And for a movie as hilarious mm-hmm. and fun-filled, it's basically a Yeti snowman movie. And a television movie to move. Yeah, and we could not do it. So for this episode of Crap of the Week, 
uh, normally we do a movie that we spring on the other and we just impromptu launch into a discussion sans research. Normally we try and research a little bit and it's always amusing to find out what the other person watched and then we compare notes and just fire off little riffs about you know, the movie the other watched. This is like, we both watched this, so there's a little tweaking of our Crap of the Week segment. And so we're going to we're gonna give it another shot. We're going to talk a bit about movies. <laughs> and now our notes are, are, are non-existent. We, did the, we tried to do this last week. Mm. And I don't know, I have never... Because this, this podcast, I mean, thank, thankfully, and you know, I thank all our listeners, has been running for now... Two you know, years. Yeah, yeah. and we're, we're past 150... And uh, we we always you know we never miss a week whether we put up two episodes one episodes yeah we're indefatigable we're indefatigable podcast warriors and well we can talk about films of all different genres I mean predominantly horror but we talk about sci-fi we talk about action we got yeah, we've even done a silent film we we've done we do musicals we do whatever we can and this film that you mentioned to me. This Bose Fenson vehicle, it was a TV movie, Snow Beast, an abominable snowman, a Yeti movie, starring Bose Fenson from the 70s, <laughs> yeah. that features a cuckolded <laughs> Bose Fenson, yeah. who we love from Cracker Jack 3, uh, yeah. amongst many other stuff. I mean, the guy's a B-movie icon, and he, he plays this, this like, f- former... Down on his luck, Olymp- snow- Olympian, <laughs> gold medal winning skier. Yeah, I remember if the name that's Gar- not enough to entice you. Gar Seberg, Gar yeah. Seberg was his name, and he was cuckolded by his wife. <laughs> and he's he's at the resort, and this is sort of like a, a, I don't know, seventy seven perhaps. Mm. It was a Jaws ripoff in many ways, but in the snow, and it was a resort that was owned by the Rills, and there was this abominable snowman that was. Terrorizing, terrorizing the town and the the resort, the resort. Or yeah. and it was in the midst of their I don't know they had the jamboree of whatever this resort the real yeah. and I remember there was like there's a snow festival yeah, yeah they're they're going to crown like the queen of the carnival and then there's all these attacks and it was bargain basement well, yetis are awesome yes this movie <laughs> yet was not so hot right. and it's funny you use the word cuckold which is it sounds like Chaucerian English like it sound, does anyone use that term anymore <laughs> it's like uh, maybe a cock they do but it's like in Italian it's called a cornudo okay. someone who stoops your wife and it's just like I texted you it's funny I'm just laughing at the term cuckold I was watching this shitty movie which I found via Mill Creek which is the distributor that slaps together DVDs based on movies that are public domain already. Right. So good, good business model there. And I, I'm the idiot because I bought this on Amazon and it has well, like 60 terrible movies. You're not an idiot because I mean that's the whole thing. Like, I this is not Mill Creek is not the only distributor that does this. Mm. They there are many fly by night distributors and they just amount. I mean I bought many. Of these this is going to preclude Mill Creek sending us any materials to review. <laughs> Well, you can get for three ninety nine at Walmart in the bargain yeah, bin. That's true. the whole thing. Is yeah, I mean, in in the genre space, you know, there's a lot of movies that fall into public domain. Fuck, even Night of Living Dead is in the public domain. True. And you have these distributors, and they what they do is they'll slap together anywhere from ten to sixty of these movies onto like eight discs and double sided discs. You know? Yeah, <laughs> indeed. And you go, they're always found in the, you know, we, it came from the bargain bin. Yeah. You're rooting around, oh my god, 60 horror movies, amazing. <laughs> and they're all movies from the public domain. Some of these movies, now don't get me wrong, some movies in the public domain 
are good movies. As I said before, Night of the Living Dead, public domain. Obviously, a lot of the silent films, I mean, they're in public domain. Caligari, Nosferatu, mm. Metropolis, etc. Uh, uh, the Brain That Wouldn't Die, public domain. But the thing is with these, uh, these Mill Creek type operations is they put no effort into restoration no, or nothing. transfer. Yeah. So what they, what they really do is they just probably have like a, a, a VHS <laughs> dub and they burn out the DVD. Because sometimes you can even see like the tracking and stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you the image gets all shaky. You click right on your mouse and then you whatever you do to save a YouTube clip and whatever they do, they do very little of it. And then they give you this very perfunctory write-up of each film. Mm. That's about probably 85 words. Of maybe stars, a little bit of plot, and they slap it all together, and then they get people like me to buy it on well, Amazon. I, there was a time. See, I guess you say you're an idiot, but there, like when I was really delving into the genre, well, I still do. But I mean, when I first got, I wanted to see anything, and everything I can. And I remember, like, we fuck, man, like there's a store, Canadian Tire, you know, here in Canada. It's a very, um, it's a long-standing uh, chain of hardware store. It's a hardware store slash, slash auto roof body, and, mm. and they had a bargain bin of. Movies, two ninety nine and up, and I found this collection of like you know fifty horror movies for three ninety nine. I took them home, <laughs> and I you know I mean half of them are unwatchable, but you know there was the odd gem in there. Yeah, there's some bits and price uh, features. There was some pre code stuff before the nineteen thirties. So your Mill Creek collection. Uh, yeah, I gotta credit them for again. We've disparaged them several times now, but without them. I might not have ever encountered, other than the name, but ever forced myself or compelled myself or cajoled myself into watching it, was Don't Answer the Phone. It was at the upper end of the range of films that they offered there. Much of this was very B-level, so from and the mid-60s up into the 80s. And, we and also Driller Killer. Mm -hmm. that, that was in the public domain? Uh, I'm not sure, but it definitely was on this compilation. Wow, that's, yeah. uh, that's interesting, mm -hmm. because it's, that's coming out, it's being re-released on... Blu-ray. Now, if there's a movie that could stand to have some retouching, mm -hmm. it would be that thing, which is it looked pretty crappy, the original. And yeah, whatever they can do to it, that would just be fantastic. Arrow is putting it out on uh, interesting. On Blu-ray. And Arrow cool. is like the Criterion Collection of Horror, so that's mm -hmm. gonna be a. And they 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 always they do amazing restorations. So and they do send me free review copies. So I'm looking forward to getting Indeed, yeah. <laughs> uh, a restored Thriller Killer. They will do a Thriller Killer podcast. That would be but, fantastic. Uh, we actually, But we did a Don't Answer the Phone podcast. Yeah. It was, it was a, fun it was a movie. great movie. And I'm glad we saw it. And what other films were on this uh, collection? Wasn't... Um, oh, there was stuff... Uh, some, the something... Undertaker and His Palace? Yes. That, one, yeah, right? that was decent as well. And some stuff with Peter Cushing that escapes memory right Horror now. Horror Express. Horror Express yeah. as well, yeah. So good on them for exposing us to this because you wouldn't necessarily Google this stuff or just uh, uh, you know feeling about in the far recesses of YouTube so the fact that there is some structure to it is a little bit interesting too because it's a little bit like a Christmas present you open it up and you really don't know what you're going to get yeah. and then you just uh, some Tuesday night you just randomly start watching again The Undertaker and His Pals was like a proto-cannibal movie that I thought was just dynamite mm -hmm. and it's not all crap I mean the reality is that the most famous movie ever in the public domain because uh, poor George Romero he uh, didn't copyright the film there was some sort of dis mistake he made mm -hmm. so Night of the Living Dead is always like it's like you know they always advertise like that's a big one Night of the Living Dead plus 59 other yeah. countries it's always on these compilations so you always get that movie another movie that's always there it seems to be there is White Zombie 
the, the, you know, the Bela Lugosi star, pre-code, what have you, where he plays, uh, a lot of people talk, um, credit it as being one of the very first zombie movies. Uh, this being, you know, zombies in their, their Haitian roots. Haitian roots, you know, yeah. Which uh, Fulfi then, of course, explored more. And a lot of people, you know, because of the zombie being called Zombie 2 in Italy and being the pseudo-sequel to Dawn of the Dead, which was released as Zombie in Italy. <laughs> and they say, oh yeah, no, this is Fulfi ripping off. No, he, he said, like, no, this is... I'm not ripping off Romero. Um, this is more like I'm ripping off like Val Luton, or I'm, I'm paying tribute to that because I want to return zombies to their Haitian roots, and that was sort of like what happened in Zombie. So white zombie, but you know, you got Bella. He's playing that the one of her, uh, character. I believe it's Murder of the Genre, whatever. <laughs> so these, yeah, it's a it's a grab bag. And as a kid, whenever we would go to birthday parties, one thing as a young child, we invite to many birthday parties. Oh, you? you're gonna the loot bag. You got yeah. it. Yeah. The one thing, no matter how fun the party may be or how shitty the party may be because maybe the party's being held at a bowling alley that's an awesome party for sure maybe the party's being held at a pizza hut that's a terrible party because yeah. all you're doing is eating pizza there's no <laughs> fucking entertainment or Chuck E. Cheese well Chuck E. Cheese is good but yeah, that's yeah, contrast yeah, that yeah. because at least at Chuck E. Cheese you got video games and skee-ball to play at pizza hut all you're doing is eating pizza even at McDonald's birthday party you know, you got that wonderful, terrible white cake that they bring out at the end of it all. <laughs> but, you know, I, I went to many a birthday parties as a kid. But the one thing I always look forward to is the loot bag at the end of the party. Hey, is that still a thing? I wonder if yes. like, the vernacular has changed to call it something else. It's still that's loot, bag. loot, obviously. L-O-O-T, not the guitar. But, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a thing. No. I'd be interested to know if that's a thing elsewhere. It is a thing. Is that a Canadianism? I, I, Who knows? But that was always the best because mm -hmm. you'd get toys, you'd get little chocolates, you'd mm -hmm. get, you don't know what you would get. You don't know what you get, but you were so excited just to, you know, at the end of the party, here you go, and you're given this bag, and it's like Halloween, you know, when you go through and you sit through and you make a little pause. This is good, this is crap, <laughs> and it's the same loop bag. Oh, wow, this is awesome, this is awesome, this is awesome. Some parents were a little shitty and they wanted to put in like something good for you in the loop yeah, bag. Yeah, a little, toss little, it away. yeah. And, and that's where I came by Snow Beast, and I got to say, yes. Sorry to interrupt you yet again. Yeah, yeah. But that's what these collections are. They're loot bags. Some of them are awesome. Some of them are crap. And, and I was just I was laughing so hard because they're, again, this is a uh, winter carnival and they're cr trying to crown their snow queen. And this is a town of a few thousand people. It's like a poor man's Aspen, Colorado. And they, they unfurl a banner at the chalet and it says something to the effect of an orgy of fun and games. It's like, there's no orgy. This is like a conservative Colorado. And I was, just, I was killing myself orgy. laughing. Yeah, and, 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 I think minor orgy, I think of a couple things. Either like, you know, the wonderful... Ancient Greece and yeah, grapes. Saying, yeah. the, the wonderful Tinto Brass uh, directed Malcolm McDowell star Caligula. Yeah. Uh, orgy of the Dead, you mm. know, that being a, a Ed Wood movie. Yeah, or, yeah. Something that it would be you know, in the back room of... Uh, yeah, or some sex club in the major cities yeah. or something. And I thought, this is just great. And, you know, you got this ridiculous setup. But that's not the only sexual... Entendre. Entendre, because you have this bizarre scene where Bo Svensson is a faded celebrity showing up at this chalet and people ask him for his autograph and whatnot. And he's like this giant hulking figure. But his wife is attracted to still her old beau who is the grandson of the person who runs the chalet right the, 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 the matriarch of the yeah, chalet and, real, and, and and he's openly 
like flirting with her in front of him and he's so sheepish and I thought this is so sad like to see like a, if I were 6'5 and some guy was openly like flirting with my girlfriend like, well, come on he's got a ridiculous bull hair yeah, he does yeah. <laughs> and he's wearing this ridiculous uh, evil Knievel snowsuit of like you know, red white and blue it's just unbelievable I just thought this is the tone we always talk about tone in mm -hmm. movies it was so bizarre and I think at one point he spots the matriarch's grandson giving his wife, his missus, a longer hug than one would normally, you know, expect from people who are just friends. Well, and then okay, a little so peck as well. He's looking, what, what, and he, like, he's so completely what, what, is, what is the accepted duration for a hug between two people that are now romantic? Uh, two seconds. Two seconds? Two or three seconds, I think yeah. that's too long, actually. It might be a little long. And then they, they, he, yeah. she gives him a peck also at the end of the movie, but it just seems so sad. that. And again, when you have a bowl cut... It just, again, it, oh, this is so sad. We all but, have bowl cuts. I know, I know, I know, but it, it just, I don't know. But yeah. it's association with Down syndrome somehow. It just it, No one should willingly have a bowl cut. I take offense to that. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. No, come on. Like, he looked a little bit like dumb and dumber, a little okay, retarded. Like, a little bit yeah. off. And the, the yeah. poor guy, like, we love Bo Svensson. He seems like such a neat dude. And to have him play this role mm -hmm. where he's being just completely undermined by some <laughs> some skiing you know uh, Lothario there it was just Tony unbelievable was his name, yeah. yeah Tony and then uh, this is set against the backdrop of uh, I texted you as well it looks like there's someone wearing a mink coat with like a, a claw attached to it that's killing skiers that's, and that's, that's really what yeti, the snow yeah. beast the titular snow beast mm. looked like they spent no money on this movie it was a made-for-tv production oh my god 1977 the made-for-tv phenomenon was something i guess specific in time to when i guess the the movie business was f facing it on all fronts they were getting their business model was getting eaten into by the vcrs and people were saying geez i'm never gonna you know people never go to movies anymore just like now in fact and then tv was fighting back and trying to compete and made-for-TV movies were a thing. And there's and a lot of made-for-TV movies that were sort of in the horror space. I mean, our good buddy Scott Grebbett uh, writes a, a bi-weekly column for Daily Dead called It Came From The Tube. And there's some wonderful, I mean, Trilogy of Terror, Kolchak the Night Stalker. Well, Kolchak was one of my favorites. I um, loved that. And I wrote a review on our site about Duel, which is how Steven Spielberg got into the business, mm -hmm. which was a made-for-TV, maybe, they arguably say, one of the top, along with Roots, made-for-TV movie-slash-series of all time. Yeah. Night of the Scarecrow, starring Larry Drake. These were great movies, great television movies, but Snow Beast was not one of them. <laughs> Another thing about the, uh, was poor Bo in this movie was not only... Is that he, was, he was impotent in many a way. Because yeah, yeah. he was a gold medal-winning skier. Living and, in the past. Yeah, and the, but... And he won the gold in, I believe, the six-day Olympics. And he yeah, had not... And this is a decade, hence nothing's happened. He had not strapped on skis since because he was worried. And this is the whole thing about his wife saying that Tony can find, you know, a marriage... And I remember this line. It was on my nose when we were trying to do this podcast, like, last week. And I couldn't... Yeah. A marriage can survive many things. Cannot survive loss of respect. And he was uh. a reporter. And he was just a, a guy coasting on his past glory who had not... Strapped on oh. skis. Reason being is because he figured that if he was going to try and ski after reaching the summit, yeah, so to speak, yeah, be uh, and then having that gold medal, then 
there was a danger he would be a has-been. And so <laughs> no. he never wanted to ski again for fear of being a has-been. So instead he would he'd rather be a never, well, I guess not a never-been, but a never-again-been. Mm. It made no sense. Of course, what made him strap on the skis again was that the, the titular beast, the snow beast, and a very apt title because there's a lot of snow in this movie. Not so much. Not so much a beast. <laughs> a lot of cutaways. A lot of montages of skiing. Yeah, a claw coming in every now and again, and as you said, at the end, you kind of get a glimpse of this beast, and hmm. it's a man wearing a, a mink. It's, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, we got later on, we'll talk about how Bo takes him out. But uh, I, I just, it made me sad. Yeah. I mean, because but what, but I was it's say, just what, the lack of agency of mm-hmm. Bo, Bo mm-hmm. Svensson's character, and also the fact that not only is this a good-looking, younger, dynamic guy who runs a ski chalet hitting on his wife directly in front of him, poor Bo. Is so down on his luck, he can't get any work outside of the ski sector, shall we say. And he's actually groveling in front of this guy to get him a job. So not only is this guy putting the make on your wife, you have to crawl toward him to be given employment. I thought, oh my god, what a role for Bo. Well, fear not, because... He does strap on the skis again. Because... Well, it's a cliche in action when, uh, I believe it's Firestorm, where uh, Howie Long is afraid of water, mm-hmm. he, ironically because he's a firefighter, and that's what he uses in his day-to-day business to fight fires, and then he overcomes his uh, you know, affliction to be able to save the day. And to here, save his wife, because yeah. his wife was kidnapped by the snow beast and he has to you know after like a, an interminable 10 minute skiing uh, <laughs> montage it's not even a montage no a it's montage just like cuts. yeah true it's just, no cuts. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it went from one commercial out break my beer there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he has to strap on those skis to get out there and rescue his wife oh and like he does and she's hidden in some sort of like dilapidated shack or something and then they have this sort of this very tepid reconciliation. There was really no sparks between Bo and his wife. It was absurd. Very, very bizarre. But as the movie ends, ultimately it does come down to our hero Bo, Gar Seberg, versus the Snow Beast. Mm-hmm. And, and the Snow Beast announced its arrival after previously surreptitiously. Surreptitiously. Sorry, we're into our cups at this point here. I just spat out my beer if you guys heard that. And. Yeah, and it's been hiding in the woods and only announcing its presence via some guttural groaning and POV. Uh, It gloriously announces itself to uh, attendees of the carnival who are all inside this uh, the school gymnasium. Gymnasium, yeah. And there's a band playing, and they're about to coronate. What is school gymnasium? Is coronate? Coronate? Is that a word? Coronate. Okay, coronate. And they're they're going to crown the next. I miss whoever Miss Snow Beast USA <laughs> they're going to crown Miss Carnival's Winter Queen whatever and and this creature shows up and I was thinking also back to the Peter Cushing film we did Horror Express I mean they, that had no budget with Telly Savalas the creature in that movie was phenomenal because if you don't have much here's the mantra don't show much this thing was just awful, and it showed up in the window, breaks the glass, the band stops playing Hail Britannia for Bo Svensson, and, and they all start rushing off to find safety. And this creature was so pitiful mm-hmm. and so sad. It, it really is. Just This is a Yeti knockoff. This is an abominable film. Well, it's an abominable snowman movie, and my God, 
it just well, they can't decide in the movie whether it's a, a, a Sasquatch, a Bigfoot, a Yeti, <laughs> or a normal snowman. And they do explore that because, as you mentioned, Bo Svensson's wife is a TV journalist. And this yeah. is supposed to impress everybody. Like, that's the lowest form of journalism, frankly. But I guess in the 70s, it was, it was coming into its own. Where, but right now, I don't think it's really very much respected. Like, they don't break any stories. And right. he no, says, yeah. oh, my it's wife, she did these... Uh, series, this documentary expose, yeah, and she interviewed people who saw the Sam Squatch. Sorry, that's that's Trailer Park Boy, the Sasquatch. The Sasquatch and and yeah. it's like this. Oh, that's supposed to compel the you know the police officer in this town to believe them, and it's like, oh my my wife is a shoddy journalist, and she's interviewed people who are in, clearly insane because we could probably find two thousand people who believe Elvis is living in Uruguay exactly. at this point. So, yeah. but it's just a hilarious, very movie. very uh, boggy creek too. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally the vibe. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. I just loved the it. The legend continues. Oh, yeah. man. Where all they do, oh, well, we, we, just, we just saw the creature, but we're going to, instead of going after the creature, we're going to interview five other people that saw the creature. That was, a, <laughs> yeah. that was a bizarre one. But anyhow. And then they shoot a bear at some point, and then they try and placate the masses by hauling the thing in by snowmobile yeah. to show people. It's well, like, here's the thing. And it's yeah. like, oh, it was a bear. And they tried to hide it. Of a bear course. that, that it slipped out of hibernation. Yeah, of course. And they, they, this is also because there's economic interest. They don't mm. want to interfere with the incredible revenue that snow... Lollapalooza Fest in Colorado <laughs> 1978 brings in so they instructed personally that the police officer not divulge that people have been talking about a creature in the woods so they say all, it's like, a bear this is all it's Jaws a bear. in the in the, in the, Jaws winter, in, in the woods yeah, yeah instead yeah. of it being the 4th of July it's the winter carnival mm. and oh don't worry uh, we caught we got the bear that slipped out of hibernation oh don't worry we got the shark you know but of course when you know it's not the shark because yeah it's, it's a much bigger shark <laughs> this was, it was Jaws in the snow but in Jaws the shark didn't work but yet it was effective they oh yeah it yeah. well in this one, the Yeti didn't work, and they still used it very poorly. And oh, yeah, was... and any time the Yeti killed a victim, uh, instead of showing, like, fantastic practical effects and gore and everything, I don't know if they were doing this to accommodate, like, an ABC television audience in the 70s, but they would cut away to just a, a, a red fade. Yep. And that would be it. I guess that was supposed to imply blood or well, whatever. Yes, who knows? It was... But the, ultimately... Because, yes, you know, we're going to talk about our difficulties podcasting this in a moment. <laughs> but you texted me and said, how would you like to see a cuckolded bow and fending off a man in a mink coat with a, a ski pole? Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. It yeah. comes down to... That's exactly the denouement right there. Yeah. versus snow Snows, yeah. It's, it's so anticlimactic. <laughs> you know, you've you got this formidable creature... As we're meant to believe. Yeah, this atavistic thing that's been living in the woods and, you know, living off just uh, no one's... Uh, this is the same thing with Loch Ness. I mean, they've taken sonar equipment to that stupid lake. They've scanned every square inch of its 700 feet. There's no effing creature. And people still believe it. And people still believe the legend of Yeti, Sasquatch... Bigfoot. Bigfoot. All this stuff. Mm -hmm. And we are going to, you know, we're going to delve more into these films, too, to see, because this is clearly not the well, our, our pinnacle friend, our of, good, of this type of film. Our good friend Lewis, the proprietor of Horrorama and, and et cetera. Suspect yeah. Radio, uh, which is soon to be no longer, unfortunately, but uh, it's going to be shuttering its doors in mid-December. He, I'm, I'm, I'm still in denial, 
he loves the Sasquatch legend. He loves that. He's he's really into that sort of thing. Well, I love Loch Ness as well because mm-hmm. you got the pictures and well, it, yeah, it's, so it's almost like those pictures. Well, it's just they're they're obviously fake, but when when the the spoil sport scientists go down there with their sonar, it's almost like like scientists ruin everything, right? With their proof and their rational inquiry and all that. But it, it's great. Well, and the the tale... Listen uh, to our... Listen to the American president-elect, you know? Global warming is a yeah, hoax. Uh, yeah, for sure. Perpetuated by the Chinese, mm. right? Those damn scientists... Oh, uh, yeah. And I think also every country has their own version of this type of creature, mm-hmm. depending on the topography and the geography. And I think just... it's There's something so cool about things that can't be explained because again yeah even though that that has also been debunked but i mean some stuff the more that's left unexplained the better really like i like that stuff has anything ever been i mean has anything ever been bunked like why why is why is you know if something is proven wrong it's debunked but we don't if something's proven right it's not bunked Uh, but something is that's faulty we call bunk so that's mm. kind of a very sort of like uh linguistic uh yeah a little theory. quirk as well i'm yeah. trying to think of the other one where it's like uh no it's uh i'm overwhelmed i'm underwhelmed mm. but nobody's ever whelmed no you know? this is true oh, what's yeah. the other one? Oh, like never mind damn it why do that. we why do we park on the driveway and drive on the parkway <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah now you're entering 90s comedy territory <laughs> uh, well you start off with a yeah. kind of joke so I think <laughs> yeah. I no it's true yeah. and but again like this is a movie that is worth checking out because this is a genre that's interesting and the more we find out about the natural world the less you know well they always say that rational inquiry is going to keep eating, eating away at the fringes of religious belief but it never really does right because regardless of how much you say there's proof for something people always seek out answers for something so i'm very curious about checking out more abominable snowman movies and boggy creek i was just so inspired by this does not reach the same heights Mm -hmm. of just that's such a lovable inane movie uh, this one, not so much. Uh, it's not nearly like you don't want to give it a hug, but it's still you know, there's something so there's something endearing about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like a uh, like this, this this mutt that you find in the street, shunt from home to home. There's <laughs> just something so shaggly lovable about yeah. it. And yeah, you kind of do want to give it a hug. And at the end of the, of the movie, when you have Bo Svensson fighting off this this formidable monster with a ski pole, I mean, it's 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 incredible. Uh, but it's ridiculous and but so you would think a movie like this because you know we've talked about you know even though okay it's a really awful movies podcast the really awful movies uh our website's you know it's just a name we talk about movies of all stripes stripes and varieties and that's how i started beginning genres etc and we but we've talked a lot about these we get a kick out of talking about these really awful movies and oftentimes like and i'm talking about the literal really awful movies and oftentimes we find things about these movies to to like, you know. We we find the quirks that are adorable about these movies. Battlefield Earth, we actually championed that movie. Yeah, we both gave it three and a half stars. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a movie that is considered to be one of the worst ever. Yeah, we unfortunately we couldn't do the same for Master of Disguise. No, that was that was depressing. <laughs> it was legitimately one of the worst movies ever. But here we were last week at our downtown Toronto headquarters, and we were trying to record this podcast. And when we do our podcasts, we don't do any sort of prep. I mean, we watch the movies separately, sometimes together, but we take notes. Mostly separately, we, yeah. We don't confer as to, like, what we're going to say. We just talk, and we bounce off each other. And we always start off with, you know, hey, I'm from our downtown Toronto headquarters, da-da-da, and then we go into it. 
and it works. But for this one, I don't know what the fuck was in the air that day, <laughs> but we yeah. couldn't do it, man. It just, it, it, it's not, maybe it's the fact that we were, we were drinking whiskey at 11 o'clock in the morning, in the yeah. a.m., but I don't think it's that. There was just something in the air that day, and we couldn't do it, and we kept on restarting and restarting. <laughs> And re, let's do it again. Yeah, with let's deference to Phil Collins, you know, there might have been something in the air. Uh, yeah, and but as you said, like regardless of Phil how Collins <laughs> in the air. Oh, 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 oh there you go. Oh, well, yeah, that, even I was that. Because like, I was thinking, yeah, uh, there's a thunderclap Newman. You know. Oh my God! Like, <laughs> there's something in the, in the air. air. Yeah, covered by Tom Petty. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, but but even that, like uh, you know, where, where you have some entirely forgettable movie it it still took me back to, as a kid when we'd go on school trips because obviously we're broadcasting from a cold a cold country you know, we would have school trips to go skiing because i was one of the several wimps who cross-country skied everyone else was enjoying the downhill skiing and i was like because my parents cross-country skied and skiing sucks cross-country skiing you're just walking and you just go around, and then at the end, it was like people would ask me, oh, how, did you have fun? And it's like, yeah, it was great. Was, I was so jealous of the people who could ski. And then when I eventually became a downhill skier, like, this brought me back. Mm -hmm. So as terrible and shoddily constructed, as low budget, and poorly put together as this film was, obviously a made-for-TV film, it took me back to my childhood in a way that a lot of these movies really do. And I thought about skiing, and I mm. thought just how much fun it yeah, is. It was, it was a charming movie. It was charming it was a in a way. Movie, and, and it was goofy, and it was very 70s. And about the, it, it was really Airport 79, mm -hmm. but horror. Well, like there's but, a certain 70s less star yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, 79 most <laughs> of the star quality of Charo and <laughs> Jimmy Dynamite Walker, but uh, yeah, but it had that feel. Like the 70s were really bizarre. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Thanksgiving passed, and I was watching Thanksgiving Charlie Brown special, and that was so bizarre. The they were talking about the Mayflower and the Pilgrims starving to death in in New England, Massachusetts, and I just thought. Like, and there was all this funk music and weird background, and I thought the 70s were an odd beast. And this well, is definitely a product of that. They the had the disaster yeah. film, the star-studded disaster yeah. film, and also a bunch of indelible cinema classics, whether it be your, you know, Godfather and Deer Tax Hunter. And, 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 uh, because in, in the horror sphere, I mean, you know, you're, you know, Texture Some Massacre, Dawn of the Dead, yeah. Day, well, no, Day of Those Knees, but the reality is like the 70s, you know, post-Vietnam, post-Watergate, there was a lot of real salient, like, you know, let's let's really, like, Buck the system, Buck renegade system. filmmaking. But, but then, <laughs> on the other hand, they had all this goofiness, too, that came out yeah. of the tail end of the decade, and this was one of them. And it was a very fun movie, but again, I'm, I want to ask you because you started off by saying, like, you know, talking about impotent, right? Like, you know, um, Svensson being cuckolded, <laughs> impotent as far as, you know, not being able to get back on skis until he had to rescue his wife, and all of a sudden seeing him on skis again. Mm. I love you all. It's, it's yeah, ridiculous. I know it's... But why were we so impotent? Why couldn't we record this? Why were we having such difficulty? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. It's just uh, some things you just. You, you don't know whether you can get gold from a... What's the expression? No, never Blood mind. from a stone? Yeah. You just, you're panning for gold and you're hoping to find stuff. And generally... The this, is not the, a, this is not a, this is not a this stone. This should have been yeah. a, a home run. Because this is the 
goofy movie with terrible production values, terrible acting, just ungodly 70s disaster film of the type we podcasted in several times, but there was just such a barrier. And yeah. I, I don't know what the hell happened. And then after about 30 takes, we threw in the towel. Yeah. We tried. Boy, did we try. And it was, yeah, the most laborious film we've ever done. We've done lots of heralded films that we were worried about doing justice to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the likes of your Caligari and The Fly, where we thought, are we going to be able to articulate uh, sufficiently what these films represent and how valuable they are as a, as a piece of art? And we've, well, if we can modestly say, we succeeded in those cases. And here, this was just so rough. Mm-hmm. And, but I think we finally got it out of our system. I'm glad that we, we yeah. had this discussion. I'm glad that we... Because, yeah, I, I think if we never brought Snow Beast to uh, the, the public's attention, attention of, our, yeah. of our listeners, we'd be, I would be doing myself a disservice. And I'm glad that we were finally able to discuss this movie sans notes because, yeah. you know, it, we, this was last week that we tried to do it. You know, and then, hey, man, like, you know, wherever we are... Not infallible, are we? I mean, no, that was really <laughs> far from, far, very far yeah. from it. I mean, yeah. Many ways, but that was hope. Yeah. that was one of the most yeah it frustrating. Was, yeah. So instead of I think maybe askew what we learned here because this is a little off the cuff, different kind of podcast than what we're normally accustomed. Plus, our Portuguese curasqueira grilled chicken just arrived. I'm saying that very badly, and we're very hungry. So, uh, how should we conclude? Well, Snow Beast. We couldn't do it then. We sort of did it now. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I've done justice to the movie. I'd, li- I think I'd, like, so, yeah. I'd like to, you know, it's something I will certainly recommend. I mean, if you happen to come across one of these uh, shoddy public domain copies, and actually it is on YouTube, so you yeah. can probably just uh, type and, in Snow Yeah, we, we would ordinarily suggest people buy things because we like people to purchase art to the best of their abilities, even though... Uh, sometimes we have to admit we've turned to YouTube on occasion, but we like to, whenever possible, spend our own money mm-hmm. because people put a lot of effort into. And one, in order for the film business to continue, we need to, as a sustainable business model, people need to pay for art. And right. as authors, you should pay for our art as well. And that is a cheap plug here as we conclude our podcast. Pick up uh, Death by Umbrella, the 100 Weirdest Horror Movie Weapons. Uh, it's received much acclaim in various horror publications. We're very proud. Pick that up. Thanks again for listening. And uh, this is episode what one fifty six. Yeah, we're gonna make it to. We're gonna see if we can hit five hundred. Oh, we're dude, gonna continue. We'll, we're gonna go to five thousand. Yeah, we're gonna keep <laughs> exactly. on going. So, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you.